0: Hi, this is Jeremy Gritton, art director and story lead for Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and you're listening to the Xbox Expansion Pass.
1: Welcome one, welcome all, to episode 163 of the Xbox Expansion Past, recorded on Saturday, February 4th, 2023. I'm your host, Luke Lore, the insipid ghost, joined by my co-host, the intrepid Captain Logan. In this episode, we discuss the slew of live service titles that are shutting down this year. Titanfall 3 Dreams appear to be dashed, and Halo Infinite's plagued existence continues as rumors of an engine change appear to be confirmed with Unreal Engine on the docket as always we hope you enjoy now logan we like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made our gaming weeks better and this week i think it's fair to say we have plenty of words of kindness to offer uh thanks to our new segment but first
0: how are you my friend i'm doing good i'm having a i'm having a really good week this is this has been a really this is a week of news, man, but mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to be talking about that. But I'm really happy that uh, we we actually kicked off the Patreon and, and we've got a whole bunch of stuff that people are jumping onto to mm-hmm. d- to discuss. Um, but yeah, I agree. As, as far as like words of kindness, I think I think we got to jump right into the Patreons, right?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. We talked about it on last week's episode. We've now got uh our patreon launch patreon.com slash xbox expansion pass for people that want to uh support the show they're at three tiers all with a skew and eye towards supporting xcp uh helping us keep everything ad free but really just continue to, to do our, our upgrades be it be it, be it uh, zencaster software editing software the ability to get new interviews on the show which shout out uh we get the HiFi fi rush devs on pretty dope um a lot of great people jumping in and if they couldn't jump into our patreon they were sharing it on socials lots of words of kindness but uh i think that leads us to our new segment
0: yeah yeah, I Are think you... it does, too. So we have some new patrons and we're going to be shouting them out. So uh, at the start, we're going to be talking about all the patrons that joined up for the first time right off a of launch. Mm-hmm. And then as we move into the the future episodes, we'll be uh, announcing any new patrons that join us. Not to say that we don't love all of you because we do, except for, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean, he's not technically a patron, but I guess if uh, Joe decided yeah. to ever support, you know, something other than. Uh, himself he would you know we would be able to uh we'd be able to call his name out
1: yeah but i would not want to just to be clear like, that's fair He's ugly he smells yeah. funny. And i just don't know yeah. yeah so yeah like logan said we're gonna shout out any new patrons uh that log or that subscribed during the week prior <laughs> uh i broke logan on that one um and then of course if you're a tier two or tier three uh patron then you'll get a weekly shout out as well but this week we are celebrating everybody that was so kind as to uh, subscribe to our Patreon. So strap in new Patreon members. Here they are. Mr. Todd Oxtra, Kevin Ainsworth, John Wall, Mr. Court Lalonde, Captain Logan, Matt Without Fear, the Lord James Suddy, Brendan Myers, a.k.a. The Winter Gamer, Kevin Butler, not the vice president of Sony, Mr. Clint Coombs and DJ Hero. Thank you all for subscribing to us on Patreon. You guys are amazing.
0: Thank you guys so much. And we're also going to be shouting out the tier three ones, as I recall. Yep. Yep. Can I I roll with it? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Matt, without fear. The Lord James Suddy. Brendan Myers, a.k.a. The Winter Gamer. Kevin Butler, Clint Combs, and DJ Hero, all tier three for the Xbox wrap up. And tier two, and tier two. Some of them are two. Oh, in tier two, And te- yeah. and yeah. tier two. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Yeah, we're
1: figuring it out. We're going. We're kicking. We're gonna it have on. fun. Is with fun. It, it is. Um, talk about the Xbox wrap up though, because that is a tier three exclusive that we're gonna do at the end of each month. Tell us
0: about that. So we're gonna be we're gonna be doing a Patreon exclusive. Um, this is uh, a Luke idea. He decided he wanted to help honor the show that I used to do, which was the Xbox wrap-up. And it's going to be kind of a a general wrap-up of anything and everything. At the end of the month, we're going to be sitting down to record just kind of chatting and having fun. So uh, if it didn't get covered in in XEP or if there's something adjacent in the gaming industry that we wanted to talk about, um, we're kind of keeping it pretty open because we figure there's a lot of other stuff that everyone else is celebrating that is not just Xbox. And this is a really good place for us to kind of say like, Hey, you know, we, we want you to feel like you're involved in the same conversations that we're having on a day to day basis. This is going to be our way to kind of bring you into the conversation as well too. So uh, we'll be recording those at the end of the month and then those will go out for patrons uh, so that folks, if you wanted to get more thoughts on maybe what we're playing outside of Xbox or uh, you know, the TV shows that we're watching movies, we could talk about, you know, like uh halo master chief and, and what could, you know, the TV show be doing that last of us, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. that's going to be coming for, uh, the patrons that are signed up for those tiers. Um, and that way at least folks can, can kind of stay you know, have something a little extra that, that you weren't necessarily anticipating, or maybe you were anticipating it. I don't know
1: and that's the key extra something nothing that was xcp standard is going away um everything's still there for everybody this is just a special thing for those uh tier subscribers and if there are things that we should change in the patreon as this is kind of a a living and and new thing for us if that show should should be for two tiers or for one tier talk to us let us know give us feedback because that helps us get better and that's honestly
0: the goal so there we go definitely and again, thank you for the idea, because I, I was really surprised when you hit me up and was like, hey, you want to do a Patreon <laughs> episode that's called the Xbox wrap up? And I was like, oh, my God, that's brilliant. Once yeah, a month, it's, just, it's funny, but yeah, I like it.
1: It it works, man. And you had a great show. And I know how hard it is to do a solo show. So bringing it back gives us a chance to celebrate both. So I'm for that.
0: It's like Office Max and Office Depot. Neither of them actually want to change the name to the other one, but they're just going to sit next to each other and be awkward.
1: (laughs) What a weird comparison. (laughs) What a weird one. And all I do is go to the the episode of The Office where Dwight works for Office Max. That's all I do when when you say that. That's great. That's great. Well, look. Thank you to everybody that shared out uh, the Patreon, that subscribed, et cetera, et cetera. That was a big moment for us, something I was scared to do. And uh, I'm grateful because it's cool to get to read your names now. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. So, Logan, uh, like we said, another big week, week of news, kind of finishing off an incredible month in January. Yeah. What whew. It's like we had something every week, which was pretty darn crazy. Um, before we get to, to those things, I want to point people in the direction of... Uh, an interview posted on both our our podcast feeds and on a separate playlist for YouTube. Um, had the Hi-Fi Rush director, uh, John Johannes, on for an interview. That was pretty darn incredible. Uh, so if you're liking Hi-Fi Rush or you want to hear that interview, go check that out. Really proud of that one. Um, and we've got another interview already recorded with Shoulders of Giants. It's an indie Xbox exclusive that will come out next week or this week time of this recording. Um, and we've got four or five more kind of in queue if we can get those to go through uh which we're really excited about things are popping off man yeah yeah and
0: oh man can we talk a little i know it's not really on the docket but can we talk about uh uh on shoulders of giants for a sec yeah let's do it man sure i oh man so i, I popped out on last night because i wanted to, to jump in and kind of see like what it was about and stuff like that mm-hmm. first thing I got to say the, the tutorial is great because it does that thing where like it gives you all the powers and then it lets you kind of play around and have some fun with a, a you know little bar to to get over. And then once you're done, you get into the actual game. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: dude, this is like a weird alternate universe where Star Fox like moves into a totally different territory mm-hmm. and goes with a totally completely different like play style. But I I could definitely see like at a certain point in this game was like what I think Star Fox 0 was was shooting for if they wanted to have like the Land Rover with the little chicken legs that you run around on but mm-hmm. I really like this game this game does a really fun job of giving you action and mm-hmm. mobility and just like changing things up especially with the abilities but I was I was really impressed it it's a it's a good little game man
1: it is it's a really fun indie title um we when, when I talked to the he with indie devs, they carry like a bunch of different roles and hats. He's the president of their company, but like obviously yeah. he's developing as well. Um, also cleans the toilets. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick McV- uh, McAvena. He's super great dude, but he was talking about scope and scale and how that was difficult for the team to manage. Cause they wanted to do all these things. They had to scale back. One of yeah. the things I noticed in playing it before it went live. Uh, and, and this is funny be- and, and I'll explain it. It's like, all the dialogue is text-based, right? And there's no sound for that, or at least there wasn't when I was playing it. And yeah. then uh, they patched it in. And so during the interview, I was like, I noticed there's no voice acting. Was that a thing about scope and scale? I was asking about that. And he's like, well, now there is. I don't know when the last time you played it was. And I was like, yesterday? But because I played it on quick resume, it had an oh. updated <laughs> the file, right? So I was like, well, okay, cool. So like little gibberish, kind of similar to Star Fox. And yeah, um, it was neat to hear the scope and scale because you're right. It, it feels like the ground segments of a Star Fox game mm-hmm. um, in some ways, but it's this roguelite procedural generated mech battle game with your frog on top of a mech like weird. Pun. I know <laughs> it's it's zany.
0: You know, it's it's so like if you guys don't know, you get a, you get to run around in this giant mech and the mech has a lightsaber for for lack of a better word. Yeah. And you just you can zoom, you can spin. There's like uh, uh, some really good abilities that give you like the ability to uh, absorb damage and turn that into health. Um But then you get like your little frog on top of the mech that's actually piloting it. And it's like it's like what I imagine is a weird, like, I don't know if anyone's played Overwatch, but there's, there's like the hamster in the, in the robot. And right. then there's the little hamster. It's like, imagine if the little hamster popped out a little ball at some point and started blasting people with a gun and you're like, oh, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I, I've had a really good time with it. That's a cute game.
1: It's a fun one. And I will, I will save this for the interview, uh, but I'll tease it a little bit. One of the things I asked, which is something I asked the we are the caretakers dev as well. Uh, and the Sale dev 'Cause those are all Xbox exclusives. Mm. Um Saleforce may not be, but you know, you're this Xbox exclusive indie. Why are you not on Game Pass? And I asked him that, and that led to a really interesting answer, as it did with We Are the Caretakers. Uh so listen for that one because that was fascinating to hear his answer. Um, yeah yeah, interesting there. Devs want to be on there. Let's put it that way. So Shoulders of Giants, fun indie title, worth a pickup. I think it's one of those games that's got content coming. They're doing a roadmap, uh, but I've en- I enjoyed my time with it as well.
0: Yeah, so definitely. And yeah. we, we we you just put out the interview for HiFi Rush, and it was really surprising to have that get shadow dropped because I think we finally got reviews for it, huh?
1: Yes, yes, we did. Um, because because it was shadow dropped, people didn't have their hands on it. Not even media knew what was happening. Um, even like the top tier, they didn't have access to it. At least based on what I understand, yeah. they've all had time to play. Uh, reviews are now out, uh, which is pretty darn incredible. And this Xbox exclusive title is landing nines and tens all over the place. Uh, kind of funny. Give it five out of five Forbes, 9.5 gaming bolt, nine, IGN nine Gamespot nine, uh, games radar eight, uh, they're Metacritic for hi-fi rush again, Xbox exclusive first party game. 89 Open Critic 90 They Shadow dropped a top tier game that is um after I've played more of it cuz you know I I played it in prep for the the interview and we played I played it more since we had our last episode and I've gotten better at it I'm really enjoying Good. it Yeah I'm thinking this game is absolutely uh game of the year conversation worthy for
0: sure obviously it's January February but I love it I'm loving it yeah it's it's fantastic i was i was ribbing with uh, uh xbox game pass on twitter the other day because they were talking about you know like uh, uh chai and stuff and i was talking about how or how he was like you know he, he was getting a big head and whatnot and i'm like that's ah, okay peppermint will keep him in line mm-hmm. and uh it's it's just it's a it's a really good game they they did exactly what i think like In my mind, this is the type of game that I would have loved to have seen on like the Dreamcast or the N64. Like it is a, it is a perfect short action game that understands the assignment. Like it's not trying to be too big. It's not broadening the scope to where you got to do a whole bunch of stuff. It's like, no, you go level by level, you upgrade your stuff, you power, uh, power, or you, you get more power as you go along. Mm -hmm. And the character animation The the voice acting, the music, all of it is done so well. It is it is an amazing game. And it really does kind of like show that if you give some of these studios like Tango Gameworks or Obsidian uh, opportunities to let some of the passionate people play with their passion, Mm. you can get some really amazing games like uh, Pentiment, Grounded, uh, Hi-Fi Rush. Some of these smaller titles are just absolutely killing it where the bigger franchises are failing to nail their expectations so mm-hmm. when i see like hi-fi rush as like an 89 or a 90 um on on metacritic and open critic i'm like yeah these games should be in the conversation for game of a year if high if, if neon uh white was something that everyone was talking about this year like tango works has made like the next um Neon White or the next uh a tunic, like they've done it, but they've done it as like a smaller team in a bigger studio. Mm-hmm. And that that's what I love to see. I love to see like what normally would be considered uh an indie game or like a double A coming from a triple A AAA studio and still killing it.
1: Fully agree. And and in talking to John, uh like he was the director on the evil within one's DLCs, the evil within two. Uh, and, and those were highly successful for all yeah. kinds of purposes. And then what was interesting is they started as a two man team and then gradually over time. And by the way, they started in 2018. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. And, and John was telling me, he's like, I, I was, everyone was saying initially like, Oh, it's just a game pass game. No, we started in 2018 before that's before Bethesda was even picked up by Microsoft. And, uh, then they gradually, as starting at a two-man team, started pulling people from other teams at Tango, working on, like, Ghostwire and such, uh, and gradually grew. And now here we are with this game being shadow-dropped, and it was uh, really cool to see. And, again, those passions, so they come from a horror background, and yet here we are with this bright, colorful game. And, like, I need—I I wrote it down because he said they wanted, they wanted any screenshot to be clean, sharp, and colorful. Every yeah. screenshot. And it is like they nailed it. And that was their visual mantras. Everything needed to be clean, sharp and colorful. Um, and all the, the gameplay is linked to audio tracks. So if you plucked the audio tracks out of the game, it wouldn't play. That was something really cool. I learned because everything is huh. synced to the audio. Isn't that neat?
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and that's it's it what the 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 fact that the audio is so keenly tied into the actual environment, it really does help. With It doesn't matter which direction you're facing in the game, like any direction you're facing, if you're not listening to the actual music, say you can't hear the music, you can still visualize the beat. And it doesn't matter where you point the camera, there's going to be something that has a beat or a rhythm along with it. So they've really taken into consideration what I think is two things about accessibility, and that's having two inputs Uh, two inputs of information for something that is is integral. Like if it's not visual, then it needs to be audio and uh, something that you can feel. Or if it's uh, not audio, then it needs to be something you can see or feel. And those are things that are are really important to making sure that you're addressing a a larger scope of audience without necessarily locking out someone from being able to play the game for for that type of thing. So um, I really do love the fact that they have thought so keenly about their design and making mm-hmm. sure that everyone can can really get a, a, a feel, a, a literal rhythm of the game just from looking at what's going on. Um, so it's really nice to see that. The one thing that I, I would love to have seen if they did want to push this even further with like an accessibility standpoint, mm-hmm. target lock on. Um, let people mm-hmm. log on lock on to targets so that if they can't see, they can still lock on to an enemy that's there and uh use the rhythm and use the music to know when to attack and how because they do a pretty good job of of indicating like when attacks are but there's definitely a couple things that i would love to see if hi-fi rush decides to move forward with the sequel i would love to have them start working with some accessibility uh officers or ambassadors to see like where they can start pushing the envelope with some of those things but man, to, to have this come from a small team, much like how grounded and Pentiment got started. Mm -hmm. uh, It it really is impressive to see, like you can have a triple A studio with people that aren't working on anything. And it kind of reminds me of uh, steam, like the idea of when steam was making games, like they had people that were working on projects and people could move their desk and, and travel to whatever team was working on a project Mm -hmm. based on its popularity. And you see this within bigger studios now so i'm really curious like if this is a mentality where they're just like all right play around with something see what you like see what works and if you find something that really hits then we'll start devoting devoting uh, more resources to it and make sure that you're you're having a game that is actually fun and interesting Mm because otherwise there's no point in working on it
1: that's a good point that's a really good point and i I wouldn't be surprised if we start hearing more of that. And I mean, obviously, we're seeing that Game Pass is a good delivery service of that uh, as well. Pentiment, Hi-Fi, et cetera. Um, Yeah, yeah. no, I think that's I, I bet you do see more of that. And I wonder if that lock on or whatever else isn't coming, because I and many other interviewers asked John, like, you know, like, you know, bumped an elbow nudge like, you know, are we getting DLC or is there an expansion? Is there a sequel? Are we just done? Because all of those would have made sense. Whatever they said for a hi-fi rush, it would have made sense. Um, If it was just done and now we're moving on, I would have understood it. And um, always the tongue-in-cheek kind of answer of like, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Right now we're working on bug fixes and things like that, which makes perfect sense. But
0: my money's on DLC, something small, um, new songs, things like that. Yeah, it's as easy as taking some of the characters, having a personal strife, moving forward with their story that takes you away from the main narrative dlc
1: mm-hmm. go for yep. it dlc or dude drop keep everything the same visual because visuals engine whatnot make a sequel drop it this you know this time a year later um i'm I'm sure games are
0: easy you know so that's oh yeah making no games super easy it's like, like making a puzzle right you just got to find yeah. the border and then work your way in
1: yeah duh Obvious. easy. uh let's give a question here we have uh clint combs writing in Not Patreon subscriber, Clint Combs. He says, I've always been a fan of Shadow Drops as it gets me pretty excited for the game for some reason. After the success of Hi-Fi Rush, do you think we'll see more in the future? Ooh, I have thoughts on this one. Logan, do you want to tackle this one first or second?
0: I go, go ahead. You got thoughts? I've got thoughts, but I'm curious what you want to say.
1: So I think Shadow Drops work great with some kinds of games, certain types of games, uh, primarily single player games. If there's a multiplayer uh, online element where you've got a lot of a lot more variables in play than a single player experience, um, that needs to be considered and maybe not shadow drop. Don't shadow drop your live service multiplayer intensive game. Uh, That's probably a Apex Legends. So there's (laughs) there's obviously a caveat, right? And it's funny that you (laughs) mentioned Apex because we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. But there's obviously some caveats there. I think I think shadow drops work with certain types of games at certain levels of polish for apex legends that was using an older engine. It didn't even look up to snuff visually with call of duty at the time. Like when that thing launched, it looked like, uh, not a generation back, but it looked several games back versus next to call of duty. Right. Mm. That said, that said apex is incredible. Loved it. I played so much apex when it first, first launched. So, but it was also limited, right? Like only trios, no special, stuff no battle plan. like there was a lot of limits to, to what you got in that apex experience as well so i think shadow drops work well when used sparingly i don't want to see a precedent set where we get another shadow drop at the next developer direct and then from then on people are like oh what are they going to drop this time that's not a healthy expectation so from time to time it works great pentiment would have been a bad shadow drop uh I think people would have all jumped in and be like, what is this? Is this having expectations for what pentiment is ahead of time, you know, works well, but a colorful engaging action game is a great shadow drop. You can jump in and just go. So I think it's very, very sparingly used. Yeah. I think they're fine.
0: What do you think? I think it really depends on, like you mentioned the style of game, Uh, a game like hi-fi rush is one that you can understand within the first 10 minutes. Um, If you pick a game that is open world with uh, skill trees and quest types um, that have like Forspoken would have been a terrible game to shadow drop because there's so much you have to learn and understand about the way the spells are done Mm -hmm. and the parkour is done and there's a lot of world to go experience and there's a narrative that you're trying to tell Mm -hmm. the narrative for Hi-Fi Rush is a Saturday morning cartoon you can get through it pretty quickly so if it's something that is easily digestible that at quick glance people can understand what it is how to play it and where the story's going with it i think Mm -hmm. those three factors really do impact just how easy it is which is why i think apex did so well you knew it was a battle royale you knew it had a hero class and you knew that it was um coming from the people that did titanfall and you could Mm -hmm. you could understand most of that pretty quickly and people you know people jumped in they had a really good time with it um everyone remembers how how powerful the wingman was uh mm-hmm. so looking at that that's i think the key thing if you've got a game that, say like uh say like banjo kazooie came out with a new game you know rare mm-hmm. decided to drop um drop what they were doing with uh, uh um, oh my god why am i blanking ever on their outer wild no not ever Outer wild, wild. Ever, ever wild, wild. um game studios in your names Mm -hmm. um if they if they decided to drop everwild and turn it into a new banjo kazooie game i think you could shadow drop a banjo kazooie because it's an established franchise it's a game where most likely it's it's going to be a 3d platformer you know the, the the abilities and stuff are not going to be hard to pick up and understand and you're probably going to be able to understand that the story is is fairly straightforward so something like that would hit massive um but you're not going to drop a vowed shadow drop or starfield right. shadow drop right and have people be like oh yeah i i can see why that's interesting you know this was big and flashy that's why hi-fi rush
1: works i i agree i think you're absolutely right um you know if that activision blizzard deal goes through it'd be cool to see toys for bob spyro skylander yeah make
0: banjo that'd be cool love spyro yeah that remaster same. was fantastic it was fantastic. Oh, it was good.
1: But yeah, um, great question, Clint. Thank you for writing in. That, that's a, a really good one. Um, yeah. Quick, quick note. Halo Infinite's multiplayer was Shadow Drop two weeks early, but I don't put that in the same category. Do you?
0: Um, I do, actually. You do. Because yeah. you know Halo. You understand where it's going. There's not a story to tell. And uh, we've already had, we had already had a bunch of flights. We had a flight back in August and everyone was like, yeah, no, this is good to go. And mm-hmm. outside of the the battle pass system and the store system and the cosmetics and stuff, I think it hit really, really well because it was already established and, and people were hungry for it. They wanted to mm-hmm. be able to play it, and I think that's why it hit so well is because we already understood why Halo Infinite is or why Halo is Halo is because we're going in there with a BX, uh, or, or I'm sorry, Destiny. We're going in there with a battle rifle and we're gonna get four shots and we're gonna round and just capture flags. That's right, easy to understand
1: yeah fair point fair point i uh i'll tell you what with halo infinite i don't think you're getting any new shadow drops anytime soon because that has uh what a talking point i'm there are times where i am (laughs) sick of talking about halo infinite and there are times where we get real information um and it is exhausting from time to time but uh reports coming out from multiple sources corroborated by multiple sources that uh 343i uh, kind of next to the layoffs that we talked about already. Uh, they're moving They are moving Halo Infinite to Unreal Engine. And there's some caveats in this because they did a lot of work on that Slipspace engine. They did a lot I of work know. with Forge. There's stuff coming, but simply put, it didn't hit or wasn't as usable because of the studio structure. They had built this, this incredible new engine, Slipspace, which does some pretty impressive things, but they were using a lot of contract work, which meant you weren't getting legacy workers. And, uh, it was, it was making things difficult, a lot of really bad management, which is why Joseph Staten was brought in at the time to get the thing cleared for launch, get the campaign out there multiplayer out there, which for all intents and purposes, campaign and multiplayer launched extremely well, great product to have really bad as a live service Asterix. We'll talk about live service in a minute, but contract workers, slip space engine next to each other don't work for building legacy and long-term plans and uh, in short its live service elements failed Uh, and certain affinity working on project tatanka which we all believe to be a battle royale uh, along with kind of needing different uh, legacy elements to come in looks like the studio is shifting to unreal which a lot of people are more familiar with industry-wide different than a proprietary engine bottom line man this, this means likely no new story campaign DLC or story expansions. The 10-year plan for Halo Infinite is gone. Uh, we'll see upgrades to the multiplayer side of things, which is still great for the record. Still very playable, extremely yeah. fun. I'm stoked for the Noble event next week. Uh, I'm ready, but I'm bummed at what's going on with Halo. But the idea of bringing in Unreal and uh, letting that be an engine that Halo exists on and, and the talent pe- the, the talent pool of people that can work with Unreal... Is far more expansive. This might be the
0: right choice for Halo long term. Where yet? I I think this is a really positive move. Um, okay. I think, I think they tried something. They worked really hard on it. They really wanted it to work. Um, I'm not going to blame the fact that. They had multiple studios working on different parts for the, of the game, because mm-hmm. if you look at major AAA games, a lot of them do that. Sure, Not too many uh, don't have some sort of support studio out there, especially like take a look at uh, 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 Activision Blizzard as is a, is a perfect example of how many studios are working on Call of Duty and all of them don't hit. Some of them do. And the ones that do still need help from other studios. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to blame that. I will 100% put the blame on the shoulders of the management because that is what their job is, is to manage. And they didn't. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a real it's a real bummer that the that the cosmetics and the UI are the things that hang me up the most. Um, Because I think that they I think they deal. I, I really do believe that 343 nailed it with MCC. I think MCC was a perfect system. And I think they just needed to take what MCC did with their armor sets and move it over to infinite. And I think a lot of folks would have been very happy about it. All they had to do was take a lot of the the maps and stuff that were in uh, MCC and bring those in through a cadence for halo infinite. And they would have been fine. People would have been happy. Um, The fact that the rumors are that halo infinite is moving to unreal really makes me happy. And, and, and that's saying, you know, I, I know that we were planning on the 10 year thing that they, that they talked about with SlipSpace, but mm-hmm. having it working off of unreal gives them a lot broader of scope when it comes to the available pool of, of people and engineers that know how to work on unreal and they can additionally get support over from the coalition who are mm-hmm. building the next gears game in unreal five. Yes. You know, you've got so many really good studios at Microsoft that are working in unreal And having Halo uh, be pulled over to Unreal is something that will just offer better uh, uniform engines across the studios. And that will help with them kind of like asking asking questions, you know, borrowing tech, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, The question always comes into mind, will Halo still feel like Halo in Unreal? And if they can move Halo from... The uh uh, oh, I'm just blanked on the name of the the engine that they were using. Slip space, before slip space,
1: it was a proprietary engine that I don't remember either.
0: I can't remember what the name is. Ainsley
1: Bowden pops out of the sky. Ains, he's like guys, yeah. actually, it's this one. And he Lenbo. knows
0: what it is. Uh, believe it or not, they've actually been using that. Yeah, yep. Ains would know. Um, <laughs> Ains, so, you but suck. you suck, Ains. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, I I think if they can move the feel of halo from one proprietary engine to SlipSpace and still have it work then they can they understand what makes a halo game feel like a halo game and if they can do that they can do it again and if they can do it with unreal there are plenty of studios out there making first party titles in unreal uh or, or first person shooters i should say in unreal that can assist with that and i'm not mm-hmm. too worried my main issue is i don't know why 343 in Halo has railed against the idea of having a battle royale when their franchise is so keenly designed to be able to do that with drop pods you know you've, you've got perfect ways to have Spartans drop into situations even you don't even need the drop pod Master Chief just falls out of things all the time <laughs> he gets out of cryo he wakes up he goes he looks up he looks down he looks left he looks right and then he falls out of a ship and he goes and kills a bunch of stuff Yep. just every make that just make that into an uh, into a battle royale, and you're set. Yeah. So I don't know why they pushed against that for so long, but I hope certain affinity um, feels confident about that. If not, keep working on it. Keep pushing. Mm-hmm. If you if you have something fun, just grab onto that and keep moving forward with it. Don't don't scrap it if it's if it's something that you you're trepidatious about because people will play it regardless and everyone's right. going to have opinions but there's always going to be a certain number of people that will jump in and, and love it you know and halo is is has got that i think i'll be very curious how do you feel about a bo- battle royale where in multiplayer the battle rifle is four shots and you're dead how do you combat that in a battle royale there's questions that i have shields. the time to kill shields you think shields. so like str- stronger shields
1: yeah, stronger shields. Yeah. Easy. Stronger shields. Uh you see this happen in Fortnite. You see this happen in Apex. Uh I haven't played Warzone in in a bit. Um They just got a new like, map too. Did they? Shut out. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Um we've been most of my call of duty time is spent either in DMZ or quick play. Um just lately. And and it's been less and less because 'cause I've been so doing so much XCP stuff. We've been playing single player. Um but yeah, I shields, yeah, easy, easy stuff. There's a lot of uh, foundation in Halo for overshields shields and, and stuff like yeah. that. Um, but but I'm right with you. And and as far as like uh, how Halo is just so ripe for it, I think I, I pitched that idea, not just me, I'm sure, but like y- two or three years ago when Halo Infinite was first like being mentioned, I was pitching that as an idea. And I think it's very silly that they avoided Battle Royale. The only BR is the Battle Royale. That's a dumb thing to say. Um, but I think that got <laughs> memed also. I'm sure that was just an in the moment comment. Um, but I went through stages of grief with this news and I'm no longer, ups, uh, I'm no longer like, I'm exhausted from, from being upset about Halo mm. Infinite because I love Halo. I love Halo Infinite. It, to me, it is yeah. the, my second favorite Halo. Halo Infinite. I is. really love it. Um, yeah, I'd say four reach, uh, sorry, four Infinite and Reach at any given moment, I fluctuate between one, two and three for those for different reasons. Um, i'll I agree did, but, with
0: two of the three
1: yeah um and so, all right different different conversation we'll <laughs> put that in the xbox wrap-up um yeah. but you know what i mean like i uh side note just live on air here we should start a doc for the xbox wrap-up to be specific oh yeah we should
0: i'm, gonna do, yeah. Yeah. I'm um, gonna do that Do right we'll now.
1: rank the halo games uh so i love halo infinite and the dream that is dashed by kind of this move really sucks because i wanted more of that story. I wanted more of that ring. I'm sure we'll get it in Unreal, but I really wanted more. And I'm a little frustrated by why it hasn't just happened. Why can't you just drop scorpions in more often to the world or or augment the world? Just little stuff. It seems strange, but um, I'm no longer the energy spent on being upset. Gone. I'm done with it. I I love Halo Infinite for what it is. I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm just moving on from it. I've watched the Snyderverse and DC Studios put me through the ringer. Um, I've watched (laughs) halo do this Titanfall has done this, which we'll talk about in a moment. Sometimes I just love things that don't work and it's like, Oh, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me, (laughs) but I can't put the energy into being upset anymore because there's so much else to enjoy. Maybe that's part of the hashtag find the fun element, but, uh, I'm stoked for unreal and halo. I really am. I want this to be a thing. I'm excited to enjoy more multiplayer stuff for Infinite to come. The Noble event has me stoked. I can finally get that shoulder piece I wanted, um, and that's just weird, niche it's a stuff. Wolf one right, not the Wolf one. It's uh, from Noble Team. Uh, Noble One Carter. It's a it's a plate. It's just a plate that sits up a little higher. But it oh, looks it's the so Zavala good.
0: plate, right? I don't know what the name is. Oh my god! I'm, I'm sorry, buddy. Destiny fans. You understand. You'll get back okay. to me and let me know.
1: Okay. I don't Fair know. Enough.
0: I don't remember the Noble Team that well, but I know Zavala's. Shoulder plates. Gotcha.
1: Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. But I'm just, I'm stoked. It. I, I I think actually you're right from what I r- vaguely remember. I got to look this up now. Um, but yeah, bottom line, I'm over being upset um, and I'm looking at, at Halo Infinite and is now a multiplayer only event worth a campaign that I can enjoy with my buddies. I am curious to see what the Forge PVE moans, PVE modes mean. That is something I'm excited for. Moans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I do want PVE with Halo back i love that yeah. and so if forge can deliver it which it can i'm excited to see what that what happens there but i'm done being angry i i yeah. needed, i had to
0: let it go simple as that i was um, i was very happy because i just i just finished all of the campaign co-op achievements with my buddy caleb mm-hmm. and caleb. we got all yeah it was it was really it was fantastic he's he's been pulling me through and, and we've been working on dude there's one where you have to kill two hunters um, in a certain place with mm-hmm. melee hits. Whoa, that's cool. <laughs> so we were like timing it out. But yeah, it, the, the campaign co-op uh, ones were pretty fun to, to kind of work through. But yeah, I'm I'm ready for more story. Um, I, I hate the idea that it's going to be a while before we get more. But man, if they if they toss out a battle royale for Halo, I think that'll be a really fun thing to play around with. Oh, yeah. In a heartbeat,
1: in a heartbeat. And I do
0: want to do the co op
1: achievements at some point. Maybe Joe or Kevin or Suddy will want to jump in with me. But I, I want to at some point. But there's so much else on my plate, I'm not rushing. And I guess there is no rush because it's not like more stuff's coming for a while. Yeah. Um, And Halo's often been a summer thing. Like I've often, my buddies and I, we did the MCC together like two summers ago in prep for Infinite. Oh, and we'll yeah. We'll do that again at some point just as a co op for Infinite. Cause That's what Infinite, I did. Genuinely <laughs> great. Did you? Nice.
0: Yeah. I went through, uh, cause I'd never played four or five or reach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went and played through all of them, uh, before infinite so that I could feel like, okay, if I had to rank these, like I want to have a solid foundation from now mm-hmm. perspective, not glory days perspective. Sure. Sure.
1: Well, you know, I mentioned franchises that I love that, you know, don't get to extend or, or whatnot. It looks like, and we should all be really angry about this. Uh, Titanfall three is not happening. Asterix, uh, asterix, but it makes for a good headline. Uh, Titanfall three dreams appear to be dash Logan. EA has reportedly canceled a single player game that was set in the Titanfall universe, which is also the apex legends universe. Uh, after the financial quarter for EA kind of fell short. This was a Bloomberg piece uh, this unnamed and unannounced game, which I am, I am calling Titanfall 3, uh, my source is me, um, that I made up, <clears throat> it was codenamed Titanfall Legends, lame, uh, was reportedly uh, cancelled and the lead designer left in early 2022. Uh, it, the development had consisted of roughly 50 people and EA is now helping them find roles within the company. I'm bummed about this because Titanfall has been done dirty so many times over they had a really good mobile game canceled. They had—I uh, really loved that game, by the way. Um, they really had <laughs> Titanfall Two was just incredible. Titanfall One launched on the much maligned Xbox One, but it was really good. Uh, Titanfall Two was just such an incredible experience that they, for some reason, meshed between the new but newest Battlefield and the newest Call of Duty. Why? Why? Uh, and it just it boggles my mind because respawn doesn't miss. Bottom line, man, it sucks. It sounds like Titanfall three is further out and a ways off. And I don't know why, because Titanfall two is routinely considered one of the best FPS games ever made. And it's always on sale for four bucks. And it's just like, what's going on here, man? What's going on? Yeah.
0: I, it's a bummer, but I'm always of the mindset that if something's not working and you're Mm -hmm. not in, in a game, just it's not working I would much rather them decide like okay it's not working it's it sucks that we have to do this like i've i've been here i've lived through this this is starcraft ghost for me like i wanted starcraft ghost i didn't get starcraft ghost but you know what i could live with not having starcraft ghost because Mm -hmm. if it got canceled then either two things happened one the studio couldn't manage themselves well enough and they just had to had to scrap it because it was taking too much resources, which it doesn't sound like this was the case. Um, It sounds like there was something else because they had 50 people working on this Mm -hmm. and most of them are hopefully getting uh, pushed over to different roles. Um, Mm -hmm. Hopefully they're not being let go. That would suck. Mm -hmm. But if, if you have something or or the, the other thing is it's, it's just not fun. It's just not a good game. And if it's not a good game, then yeah, you could you could slap whatever name you want on that. And people are going to be like, oh, no, it's so bad. I want this game. And it's like, look, I want a Titanfall 3, too. I would mm-hmm. love to have a Titanfall 3. I would love to have a Titanfall that was in the Transformers universe, where I'm working with Optimus Prime, and he's throwing me from Autobot to Autobot to get to a Decepticon. Like, I would love to play that game. But damn, that sounds cool. I was mad at you at first. Like, don't take my Titanfall
1: away. And then I'm like, <laughs> That sounds
0: cool. That's what I mean. All right, but I, I would love to have a Titanfall three, but I only want a Titanfall three if the studio that's working on it feels like it will be the natural successor to Titanfall two. I don't want them to mess with that. I want them to to find what would be a good story to move forward with because Titanfall two, to me, while in, in Titanfall one too is or one as well, those games had such a good gameplay loop Mm -hmm. but we've had apex legends we know what that feels like and it's great i want them to find a good story and if they don't have a good story if the if the the head person leaves ea then you've lost the you've lost the drive you've lost the person that is going to really kind of shoulder the the weight of making a really good titanfall game and if that happens then it's like all right you know what it's a bummer but it's better to do this than to to shove out the 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 undone stake to someone and have them just get sick because then they're going to lose faith in titanfall. Mm-hmm. so i would much rather them cancel something that is doomed to be bad because it lost its way mm-hmm. than to continue to to feed stuff into it to the point where you, by the time you get it you're like this is not the titanfall i wanted they should have never have done this because that's what the narrative would have been.
1: yeah that's a fair point and a good good argument to be made. Um. Not regardless, this is one that I'm sad about. I know it's silly. I know it's silly to be sad because, in truth, I don't have the energy to be upset anymore about some stuff. And I and I'm not here. I'm sad here in this case. But this was never announced. It didn't even have a name that was proper. It had only a code name, and the team wasn't that big for what you would expect a Titanfall three to have. So in the big picture. I think uh, even even me saying Titanfall three is a bit silly, Um, but it is a bummer that that universe isn't getting expanded. And we're seeing a lot of live service games shut down, uh, which which is our next topic. But included in that is Apex Legends Mobile, which is tied to that Titanfall Apex universe that's shutting down. And that was one of the games that was up for like mobile game of the year in twenty twenty two. And it's a matter of engagement. Battlefield Mobile also shutting down. Matter of engagement. We're seeing a lot of live service titles start to shut down. And seemingly, you know, Apex Legends Mobile, which is in the Titanfall world, wasn't getting the numbers. And so that, that means something, you know. Um, yeah. It, it does mean something. And uh, let's go ahead and, and, and kind of take on this, this new topic here, Logan. Lots of live service games are shutting down. Lots of.
0: It's kind of crazy to to take a look at this. We've got a whole bunch that put out announcements. And I and I don't know if this is because it's the end of the month uh, or the, the end of the first start of the, the 2023.
1: Year, hmm? Is it fiscal years, maybe?
0: It could be. Yeah, we saw some fiscal numbers come out from other uh, companies and stuff. So it could be just that they're taking a look at what the numbers are they're saying like all right let's let's see what we need to budget for the next year to see like what's going to stay what's not and a lot of these are just not doing it um and it's and it's kind of a bummer because i think right now the trouble is saturation in the market mixed with um time for for multiplayer like i i can handle actually luke here's a really good question here's a yeah. piece for you how many live service games do you play? Great question. Like, actually play, play. Play, play. Um, sea of Thieves, but...
1: So, so, okay, ooh, okay. See, I consider myself Sea of Thieves regular, but I haven't touched Season 8. Take that for what you will. 900 hours in, but it's not enough for the Sea of Thieves community.
0: <laughs> um, We're a salty bunch. Holy... Uh, damn it.
1: All right. Um, sea of Thieves... <laughs> Okay. Call of Duty, okay. Fortnite, yeah. Halo Infinite.
0: Four. Four. How many, how many of those four do you cap out in the season pass consistently?
1: Halo Infinite, Call of Duty, Fortnite. And when I play Sea of the, like, it's not hard to cap a battle pass these days.
0: N- no, but I would I would say that that is that is the level of engagement that live services are asking for. Sure. So for me, I I play I play Call of Duty, um, mm-hmm. I play Fortnite, I play Sea of Thieves, I play Destiny two, mm-hmm. and I think that's it. So I've got my four, mm-hmm. um, and and out of those, only two of them get capped on a consistent basis. And, and I would this- say
1: of my four, at least one suffers due to the others. Yeah.
0: So I think, and 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 this is with the caveat that it's like I'm trying to also put in single player games into this. Like I'm trying to work through single player content that I, that I go for on a regular basis. And then there's games where I've already capped out the season pass and I still continue to play them because that's just a a game that I really love to play. Mm -hmm. But I think that what we're seeing here is the games that are just not as good as other live service games are the ones that are getting shut down. And they're the ones that You know, if they were a single player game, they would have not sold nearly as well as others. And it's not that these are are bad games. I think it's just there's a time limit to when you have to decide when a live service game is going to find its end of life. And like, for example, Avengers, they stuck with it a lot longer than I thought they were going to. And that could have been contracts. It could have been passion. It could have been, you know, moving between uh the you know teams and seeing like who's going to be able to work on what how many people mm-hmm. do you actually need to kind of sustain this kind of thing and i wonder like with a studio who's going all in with like a um rumbleverse or knockout city mm-hmm. like that's their game and if it's not working there's there's a bleed timer right you know like right. there's only so much cash you can bleed before you have to say we've hit the point where we're running up against the amount of money that we need to be able to make something new Once you hit that point, you have to decide, all right, we're going to kill this because we only have enough money to be able to make the next thing because this isn't doing as well as we wanted.
1: It reminds me of when Cliff Blazinski's game was rolling out there. I forget the name of it at this time, but, but it lawbreakers, lawbreakers. Um, and there were a couple others that were like, all right, we're going to shift to battle Royale. Like that was their last ditch effort to survive because those teams were all in on those games. But, the the landscape is more and more competitive. I don't know how how much subscription services and free to play free to play elements play a factor here, but like Rumbleverse, it's a barely half a year after its launch. It launched on August eleventh, twenty twenty two. That's shutting down And Iron Galaxy, a respected studio. But they're now they're now refunding people, um, and it goes offline February twenty eighth. That's quick. Yeah. Um, Knockout City. Uh, That game is shutting down while it's in season nine. So cool. Uh, You know, that made it pretty well, but it's shutting down on June 6th. Uh, Season nine launches on on February 28th. Knockout City's going away. You mentioned Avengers. That's going away. Uh, Xbox exclusive, uh, but not at all promoted Crossfire X, which was made by Smilegate, which had a single player element, by the way, made from remedy uh, that was probably the best part of that very generic and bland shooter uh that game is now no longer even listed uh mm-hmm. everything that was spent since uh, in the last 14 days is, is being refunded that game is shutting down on may 18th and you can't play it unless you downloaded it before you have to go into like your old purchases which side note i might actually do because i like fps's maybe i go burn through the campaign while i can you know get the achievements uh, is that something I care to do? I don't know if I care to do that, right? Like, do I want to because it's going to be gone? I don't, I, 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 I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what's the right answer? Game preservation is important to me. I love playing old games. That ties into our Xbox 360 topic. But it's going away. These games keep getting shut down. And I think it's a matter of kind of like what you said. There's a lot of competition in those realms. And if you're not among the top And even if you are among the top, like, are you getting enough to get your returns? That's a tough thing to figure out. And in a world where free to play and subscription services can augment how many players you get out the gate, um, are you delivering? Live service is expensive. You need consistent content. Uh, it's, it's, it's It's brutal. But also, like, know your limits. I don't know if that's right either.
0: Yeah, it's hard to make a multiplayer game because you have to determine at some point how much money are you going to spend to sustain the the multiplayer aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And you know, if if it were just like a if back in the day if it were just like say Halo, multiplayer would be supported for a very long time because you wouldn't do anything to it afterwards. Right. Um and you would hope that the sales of the game initially are good enough to be able to um, build the next Halo. Nowadays, multiplayer really does have to be something that's either free to play or available to as many people as possible because you really are competing with a lot of other games out there. Mm. And if you're not something that either has an established franchise or is incredibly tight as far as like actual gameplay goes, you're going to have a really, really tough time. So having the live service aspect, and this is something that I was, I was kind of, the the irony does not, uh, does not escape me when I think about the fact that we just saw Sony buy Bungie. And the reason for it is because Bungie is one of the few studios out there that has successfully managed, uh, live service for a long time Mm -hmm. and sony's looking to actually like build out that live service profile for their franchises and i look at stuff like this and i'm like okay the thing that sony is doing right is they hired one of the best studios they bought one of the best studios for live service games and they have ip that demands respect for the quality of games that they do it. When I look at the list of stuff that is, is announced this week to be shutting down their live services. It doesn't, it doesn't like uh, Marvel's Avengers is the best thing. And, and that's saying a a lot given the reception of, of the game, even, Mm -hmm. even though I know that there's a lot of fans like yourself who really enjoy it.
1: Sure. But a very small group, like a lot of fans, but small next to, Any of the games that we've listed, Sea of the Fortnite, Call of Duty, like extremely small compared to them.
0: Yeah. So these are, this is one of those situations where these were the ones that just couldn't hack it. And it's, it's always a bummer, but if they were just single player games that have been tossed out there, they probably would have gotten like sixes or sevens and those would have been ignored. Most people probably wouldn't have paid or played them. Mm -hmm. The fact that they were games as a life service is just one of those things it's it's not a bubble, it's just there's better ones out there right now, yeah, I think you're right.
1: Um, that said, it is a bummer for those devs. I hate that for them because clearly they put in a lot of love, yeah a lot of love
0: i'm I'm hoping that that they have money stacked up right now, and they'll move into the next project, and they'll learn what they did or they'll they'll learn from this, mm-hmm. grow, and come out with something even better in the future. That's what I hope. I know that's not always the case. A lot of studios have to shut down or get absorbed by bigger mm-hmm. studios to after something like this. But I do hope that they were smart about what they did when they first, you know, kicked off. And instead of um, instead of bleeding dry to the point where they have nothing left, that mm-hmm. they at least got to a point where they're like, "All right, here's the stopping point. We're going to move forward with a new project, and we'll come back better next time." Agree. Agreed.
1: Yep. Uh, I do want to answer Famous Seamus' questions here Uh, he wrote in and said with news of Crossfire X, Rumbleverse and Knockout City shutting down and all other recent shutdowns do you think the live service bubble is going to burst? How much do you think these shutdowns will affect both Microsoft and Sony? We've kind of touched on this but uh, do you think this is a, a burst in the live service bubble
0: Logan? I don't think so no um i, I uh, initially yes i did but then i started to take a look at what the titles were that were actually cutting off services if this was like halo infinite or like forza then i'd be like okay there's something going on or if it was like overwatch 2 then i'd be like all right something's happening in the market you know like what happened with loot boxes um i i suspect that this is just natural it's the beginning of a year they have to decide what their next year is going to look like and these didn't make the cut um if I think these are going to affect Microsoft and Sony, I think Sony will hopefully be able to have enough faith in their IP and a lot, an, enough information from Bungie to be able to move forward with positive uh, live service aspects of their of their IPs. But at the same time, I also worry that they're maybe trying to hit to too many of the same market Mm -hmm. because a lot of the playstation franchise i think i think uh, like playstation gamers in in general i think they usually go for the games that are the first party studios that are single player games that they just they play through the story they get all the achievements they get their platinums and then they're out they go to the next thing Mm -hmm. i don't know if they're ready for live service microsoft fans i think we're good we'll hop between whatever we've got installed or whatever we can cloud stream um with game pass it's it's like, perfect. We're, we're used to this. So I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to affect Microsoft at all. I think if anything, Microsoft should definitely take a look at what these games didn't do and how to apply that, uh, how to apply the opposite to their games as they move forward. So that way Gears uh, 6 is is fantastic and has an amazing live service to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that, you know, whatever Everwild is going to be is, is, is planning on doing something like this. Like Sea of Thieves was their first live service. They've gone through a lot of growing pains and learned a lot, but that game is still thriving because the loop is good. Um, So I'm hoping that they push that to Everwild as well too. I don't think Microsoft's too worried about it, but I do think that people will start to pick and choose. And I think four to five games as a service is about as much as most people will, will be able to play.
1: Fair. I think you're right. I think you're exactly right. I think that number is a sweet spot. Um, And and in large part, I agree with everything you said, so I'm not going to rehash that one. But good question, Famous (laughs) Seamus. Oh, thanks, Seamus. Yeah, he's the man. Uh, Let's quickly address uh, some congratulations to Tim Schaefer. You want to take that one?
0: Yeah. So um, for those that don't know, the uh, the, the, um, Hall of Fame, the uh, Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences Hall of Fame, uh, we recently had the um, DICE Awards this month. And mm-hmm. Dice Awards is it, it's fantastic. It's peers promoting and, and celebrating other peers. Uh, but Tim Schaefer from Double Fine, uh, who's been making Psychonauts and Psychonauts 2, amazing game. Um, one that I can't play because I can't can't get past the teeth in the first uh Psychonauts level for the yeah. second one. Um, I can't do it, man. It's so gross, it messes with me. Uh but um Tim Schaefer uh was inducted into the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences. Uh, hall of fame which is fantastic it's it's amazing to have him celebrated he's been in the industry for Hmm. gosh it's it's like 30 some years at this point like he's been making lucas arts games forever you know he's been in he's been in and out of it he knows exactly what he likes to do and he knows uh what he wants to make and he's not afraid to tell people no i don't want to make a banjo kazooie because he wants to make what he wants Mm -hmm. Um, so shout out to him congrats uh for for being inducted into the hall of fame totally deserved
1: yep i agree with that one i agree with that one pretty cool to see uh you know now an xbox first party but in general just a legend in gaming get honored that's what i think is cool um psycho nuts for me pretty darn cool franchise it didn't click at the time again that feels like a game i'm gonna go back to and enjoy for sure uh let's give a quick nod to ghost ghostbusters spirits unleashed uh they're adding new stuff to their game uh dlc new map that kind of stuff uh it's one of the cool ghosts from the afterlife movie which was pretty cool uh and i'm stoked for this one because it, you know hoping maybe you know fingers crossed we get to have one of them on the show because i liked spirits unleashed a lot to me that live service being you know uh, that bur- bubble being burst, I guess you would say, I wanted to say busted because of Ghostbusters. Um, <laughs> busted I makes you feel, a- good.
0: It's
1: busted it's there. Make you feel good. It's there. Doesn't it <laughs> clip that bad boy? Um, I I'll, really and truly, I hope that one doesn't go away because that's a really fun game, but I'm not playing it as much right now, but I love it. Like it's a really good, fun game. I, I want this game to keep living and I'm stoked to see that they're bringing content to
0: it. Yeah, I when I saw the because um, they have the, the 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 real Ghostbusters cartoon, they brought mm-hmm. some of the uh, cosmetics from that for like the proton packs and stuff. And I was oh. like, oh. Oh, it's my childhood. I love it. I want to get spirits unleashed. I've been holding off because I genuinely have not like had a whole bunch of people that play around the same time that I do um, actually want to jump into this. So I've been like watching mouth drooling, like, Oh, I want to play this. I want to be a ghost. I want to be a ghostbuster and stuff. But everyone that I know that plays, it doesn't play at the same time I do. So I've been like, holding off and now that that muncher from afterlife is coming i'm like oh i kind of want to go play as muncher that's hilarious so but that's one where i i'm i'm looking to see if i can if i can find a couple of people maybe xep has community members that want to play spirits unleashed and if you do let us know cuz um i would love to be able to jump in uh you know pst time to be able to uh jump, just kind of go around play around with it i would love to pick this up especially on xbox nice
1: nice i hope so and i'll see what we can do as far as getting you a code um i think we can i think we can make that happen i would love uh, to talk to them yeah same that would be a really cool because they've got some pretty high profile people kind of working at ilphonic uh which is pretty darn, darn cool. Not, that,
0: not to mention they also managed to get like some really good ips too like ilphonic has been I mean, it started off with like friday the 13th as like that uh, asymmetrical gameplay and like Friday the 13th is a huge IP for a lot of horror fans. And then they just went from Friday the 13th right into Predator. And it's like, dude, <laughs> those games were good. Um, and, and for whatever reason, Ghostbusters is hitting a lot more uh, than those games were. But dude, I'm, I'm really happy with that company. That company knows how to make asymmetrical multiplayer games. And they just, they continue to, to, to do really good jobs with it. Uh, it and because I, I think we were talking about live service games, like, didn't Back for Blood just announce that they're discontinuing service as well too?
1: Yep, Back for Blood uh, will be finishing uh, soon. Like they're they're discontinuing like production on like stuff. They're having their third expansion, and that's the last one. Um, yeah. Back for Blood, a great game, but Turtle Rock, I think it's Turtle Rock, is going to focus on their next project. Uh, and uh, Tier Three Patron Kevin Butler, my best friend, who does not listen to this show but is supportive, <laughs> he does do it. He does help me with thumbnails and stuff. Um, Kevin, he said in our group chat. Uh, he goes, does this mean that Back for Blood is
0: left for dead? <laughs> and oh I was like, God. get
1: out. Get out right now. But I'm ashamed <laughs> to say I laughed really hard, like out loud in front of people. And That's like so everybody good. looked at me and I was like. Oh,
0: it's sorry. so good, but it's so dumb.
1: Yep. Yep. I like Back <laughs> for Blood. I, that, that was a group that I tried to get on XCP. Um, mm. We actually had a date scheduled and then something happened and they had to cancel. Um, I don't mind saying that. It's been six months. Uh, but. Yeah, that, that happens a lot, actually. Uh, just it's tough. Development. Yeah, yeah. Development. It's tough for game making schedules work. But Back for Blood was a really fun game, and I really liked it. Yeah. But that that same kind of thing. You, in order to play it, you need X amount of people. You need X amount of things, and and yeah. that's kind of a
0: kind of a bummer there for sure. Um, was that one that was on Game Pass originally? I don't remember that being on Game Pass originally. I can't remember. I
1: don't remember either. I know, I, think, I know it wasn't initially it wasn't it didn't launch into game pass I don't
0: think that's I what like it was I it. because it was um it didn't come out on game pass originally because it hit right about the same time as that I, aliens fire team did and aliens Fireteam team yeah. was on game pass if I recall correctly fun. yeah Again, see that's another one wow. yeah I need Maybe to
1: I hope they build ways for you to just play this game single player because I like I mean you got to build AI and stuff I'm sure but like, yeah I like that's the, the, the
0: trick Fireteam. AI is tough. That was cool.
1: You ever want to play Aliens Fireteam? We'll set up a play date for that, too, because I'm in on that one.
0: Dude, I'm I'm down. I'm I'm 100% down. I will buy that. Or no, is it still on Game Pass? I'll have to check and see if it's still on Game Pass. If it is, I will download it because I, well, I want to play that.
1: Let me say clearly for any listener, um, if we do want to set up community play dates and stuff, that'd be fun. I would <laughs> enjoy that. If if we wanted to get community members together and play like Ghostbusters or, or whatnot. I'd be down to do that. That would be a good time if if you and I, Logan, could jump in and like have people jump in with us. I'm not a streamer. I found that I just don't enjoy streaming or at least the production for it. I'd jump into somebody's stream, but like I don't want to. Me too. That's not me. That's not who I am. I guess. Yeah. But I would totally enjoy a community play date for Ghostbusters or Aliens Fire Team or something. Yeah. That stuff's fun.
0: Sean Capri does it.
1: He does it really if, well. If he
0: if he can do it, we could do it.
1: He yes, but Sean is a master producer. Um yeah where, you got to say that carefully <laughs> um but he's he's a great <laughs> producer of content, and um carpool gaming like they have a great community there too they do um so yeah but he has a set schedule and stuff. I just found that that's not me like i I'm not the guy that can do the set schedule every time all the time, but if we set a date, I mean I'll throw that in the x c p calendar and and we'll make it happen so
0: It'd be fun. let us yeah. know,
1: let us know for real, yeah, we really enjoy that Logan uh. Xbox 360 Marketplace is losing titles. We should all panic and run for the hills for this one. Uh, I was remo- worried. I, I'm, I find this interesting because I'm, I'm hearing mixed things, and you might have to correct me on this one. Okay. Uh, removals are starting on the 7th of February. Correct. Uh, you can redownload the titles if you've previously purchased them, but you'll no longer be able to purchase them. Correct. But I have heard that it's not that the games are going away. It's that the 360 marketplace is shutting down. So if you're on a 360, they're no longer available. But then I've heard counterpoints to that. Do you know kind of how this is working here? Because with back compat, your system can emulate certain, you know, your your 360 yeah. and stuff. So there's a bit of a, a. I'm I'm not quite sure the details on this one.
0: So originally they did say that the marketplace was getting shut down in May, mm-hmm. and that's that was actually uh, not the case that was actually a a a miss an an error on their part they said that it originally was going to get shut down in may they said that that they've actually come out and stated that it was going to be uh that it wasn't going to be shut down in may um that was just kind of what the original thing said but yeah starting february 7th which is like three days um a host of games are actually going to be removed from the xbox 360 marketplace If you've Mm -hmm. bought these games, you can still re-download them, like you mentioned, um, but they're still going to be made available for the Xbox One and for the Xbox uh, Series S and X marketplaces, and they are backwards compat too. So even if you have these games on the 360, if you move forward to an Xbox One, I I, I will not kid you, my my brother-in-law has uh, recently bought an Xbox 360 as their new console, not like... As a, I want to go back to play old games. It's like they're they're starting with the Xbox 360. I don't know why they went 360 and they didn't go one. I blame the naming conventions, Um, Mm -hmm. but I got to let him know about this because things that are actually some pretty good, there's a lot of games, but like Assassin's Creed games are getting pulled off. Uh, Blue Dragon's getting pulled off. Call of Duty stuff is getting pulled off. Castle Crashers, which has never gotten a physical release that I know of, Mm -hmm. uh, is getting pulled off. Counter Strike, Dark Souls, Dark Siders, Far Cry, Jet Set Radio, the aforementioned Left for Dead and Left for Dead Two are getting pulled off. Uh, Limbo, Mass Effect Two, Peggle, Mm -hmm. uh, Prince of Persia, um, the Sega Vintage
1: versions. We should clarify because some of these yes. have xbox one versions which are series s and x version by, by yep. default some of these have xbox one but we're talking about the 360 versions
0: yeah if if and, and that's the other thing too is is with all of these 360 versions you can still use the physical copies if you have those so if you have the discs for these you can still put those into your 360 or one or series system they'll all still play that's a 100 percent the case but they're just taking them off of the ability to buy them. Um, Like you can still play them whenever you want. uh, But as far as being able to purchase them, they're removing this the same way that Nintendo is, is shutting down like the, a lot of games for their 3ds library and their Wii U library and stuff. Like we're just losing the ability to continue to purchase them. But um, if, if this is something where some of these are locked to the Xbox 360 and they never got a, a physical release i would recommend going in just to buy them just to have on your account since you'll be able to re-download them at any point or at least until the foreseeable future when they said that they can't do that anymore mm-hmm. but at least that way some of you guys that are, are fans of, of keeping games like game preservation is a very big deal i very much support that uh, make sure that you're getting in there in the next couple days to see like if there's something you want to buy hopefully you you guys have already heard about this and this is a a no-brainer or this may not even affect you because it's the 360 it's Mm -hmm. it's even it's you know we're two generations removed from it at this point and it's not even a a thought in your mind but i know a lot of people were upset when halo 3 shut down their multiplayer servers there were still a bunch of people that were still playing on those um they had like a, I know right like I, I, I don't know who's playing on a 360 outside of my brother-in-law right now, but if, if this impacts you, act fast. Make sure that you're looking to see, like, what are the resale values uh, for, for the used copies of the physical editions? What games didn't get physical releases? Do some due diligence. Make sure you're not missing out on these going away because once they take them off the, micropl- or the, 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 the marketplace, we mm-hmm. can't purchase them anymore. Yep, that's a good point.
1: Oh, okay. All right. So let's go into some listener questions uh, and then wrap up my friend. This first one, this one comes uh, for you from Mr. Rune came. It says question for the captain. What are some things in Sea of Thieves? uh, That's some things to do in Sea of Thieves when you just want to jump in for a quick session with some friends and you don't have more than say an hour. Is it even worth playing for such short sessions? I love the game, but I always feel like Sea of Thieves demands some proper time to really shine. So my group doesn't play it as much as we like because of life time lack of thereof. Uh, help us figure out how to play more Sea of Thieves without being hardcore. Help Bruin out.
0: Hardcore is a is a is a that's a gray word for me. Um, I I totally understand. <laughs> That came out in such a way that I did not anticipate. I meant, I'm not even going to try and explain what I meant by that. Um, God, now you got me. God. That's Man, not what I meant. I
1: someone clips it. I no, don't, it. don't do Flip it.
0: it So I can don't put it on do Instagram. It. Do um, it. That is not what I meant. Uh, no. So, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Luke, son of a gun. um, it depends on what you mean by hardcore. Do you mean like getting sweaty, doing PvP, stuff like that? Like if that if that's what hardcore means to you, then I will I will pull away from the hourglass conversation and focus more on adventure. Um, if you only have an hour to play with your friends and you want to jump into Sea of Thieves, first thing, don't grab supplies on the island. Screw that. Just go grab your ship. They've got more supplies on them now. Just go out, raise anchor, drop sails. Go out. Don't worry about getting supplies. Don't worry about buying crates or anything like that. Sea forts are 30 minutes awesome. to sail out to the nearest sea fort. Kill it. Uh, and this is from a solo perspective, too, because this is my lunch break and I have a ship that's called just on lunch break. Um, I will jump on, raise anchor, drop sail, head to the nearest sea fort. 30 minutes. I can get that cleared out, get all the loot stacked on my ship and sail and sell it in that 30 minutes so sea forts are a perfect way to uh quickly go and do something to get you a decent amount of loot uh to to be able to have some fun in there um you if you've got a captain ship you have access to different levels of voyages so uh buy some low level voyages buy some high level voyages when you only have about an hour or so to do um jump on your captain ship raise anchor don't grab supplies throw down one of the lower uh lower level voyages Go out, knock it out, get the completions, get the miles, and then come back, turn it in. Real simple, real easy. You just have to, you, Sea Thieves is really good at distracting you. If you've got ADHD, it is a miserable game to try and like focus on just one thing because it's really good at, at pulling your attention away for other little things, whether it be PvE, uh, PvP, th- th- it's really good at that. But Sea Forts are a fantastic thing to do with your friends. It gives you a little bit of combat and gets you a little bit of loot and you can do one or two in an hour. Easy.
1: Rune. I'll also say, cause Logan probably won't do this himself. Um, one of the things that I found when I get out of sea of thieves and I want to get back in, I'll go listen to Logan's show keel um, which is genuinely fantastic. I'm not saying to butter your bread, but it's just a genuinely great show. <laughs> and I find that, uh, that gets me excited to want to go in and try whatever he's talking about, whether it's the adventure, mm which is the story component, whether it's a tall tale, it's a different type of story component, whether it's go to a sea fort. Um, They've even added in short term PVP uh, in season eight, which my crew and I need to try because we're behind a little bit because we talk about that live service. You know, we have so many just like you, Rune. um, We pick a few live services and go at various times, but we've maxed our battle passes in Halo and COD. So like probably we are going to go in and do season eight. Um, yeah there's a lot to do in Sea of thieves that is worth your time that is short term now that didn't exist before, but logan 's right, and give keel hall a listen guys it's genuinely just a great great show thank you um yeah, absolutely. uh you were popular this week, Logan, because xbox mike twenty nine who is awesome shout out to him. He has a question for you also related to sea of thieves. He wants to know what the worst island in Sea of thieves is and why is it old faithful and not crooked mass um i'm sure this is not an inside joke of any kind. Uh, please keep your, uh, your answer <laughs> limited to 30 minutes because good Lord, I have to pee.
0: <laughs> okay, so uh, the Worst Island is not Old Faithful. Old Faithful is not that bad. The Worst Island is actually going to be, um, I'm going to say Wanderer's Refuge because the top portion of that is almost impossible to discern when you're trying to dig up anything. Uh, other than that, it might actually be Thieves' Haven, even though I absolutely love Thieves' Haven. Old Faithful Y'all need to figure out what north, south, east, west is because it's a flat. It's a pancake island. It's just tall. You just have to go up, but it's all flat on the top. So I don't know. Crooked masts, snakes. You've got tons of snakes everywhere. The stupid island is covered in snakes. There's barely any place to run around without getting spit on and dying from that. The, The AI spawns everywhere. There's a beacon that I hate that everyone like has to shoot up to to do stuff on Halloween events and stuff like that. There's gray Marl with little to no area. There's it's, it's a horrible Island. I don't know why anyone is not like completely hating on crooked masts. Um, because it's, it's just a, Oh, I hate that Island <laughs> it's so bad. Um, but Mike, thank you for the question. I appreciate it. It is definitely not old faithful.
1: Uh, I get annoyed by thieves Haven map digs, uh, mm. cause they're really complicated, but mm-hmm. I like the Island a lot. If that makes it's sense. It's beautiful.
0: But yeah, digs suck on that Island. Yeah. They do, they
1: do. Uh, I think we have one more question here that we didn't get to during the show proper. This one comes from Mr. Kevin Ainsworth. Shout out to him. Thank you for your support on Patreon as well, my friend. Uh, and shout out to Save Game Media. He does a great show over there, uh, Project X Talk. You guys should give it a listen. Kevin says, if you had to choose, who at the moment is Xbox's best first-party studio? Uh, I think we see this kind of question come up a lot just in our community. Um, for me, uh, despite me not playing many of their games it's obsidian uh because they put out banger after banger and i don't play obsidian games by nature like those aren't my go-tos right outer worlds and pentiment aren't my jam but the quality is undeniable um for me it's obsidian Uh, i like that uh, tango GameWorks really had a good old hit with hi-fi rush they kind of put themselves into that conversation a bit um I think consistently it comes up that Playground puts out top-notch stuff, as does Turn Ten. Uh, but those are niche because they're driving, and I say niche not to 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 downplay. It's not like the numbers are bad, but like driving is driving. You know what I mean? Pentiment and uh, Outer Worlds and Devout and all those are all different experiences uh, across their pantheon. Uh, interesting to me that consistently three four three the Coalition. Uh, are left out of this conversation interesting not dissing them i'm just saying it's interesting um there you go what Man, about you best first I'm, party I'm,
0: I'm really surprised you didn't go with undead labs it's just a, a really love surprising, state, you know. of, decay. Love state <laughs> of decay
1: i love state of decay um i'm really excited for state of decay three uh but the problem with state of decay always since day one has been a double a studio buggy mm-hmm. But great experience, dedicated community. I was part of that community for a long time. And I just, I love State of Decay, but they've always punched above their weight. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were an Xbox 360 exclusive, Xbox exclusive, but but on 360, uh, State of Decay 2. Great, tons of cool expansions. I met that team at E3 2019. I've always wanted to interview them. They are so cool. They make such great things, but like State of Decay 3's expectations are high. Uh, it's not what you asked. Not, not even your joke, but I love decay. No, to yeah, it
0: no, it's <laughs> it's it's funny. D- do you consider like the Bethesda studios in this though? When you're thinking about like the 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 normal like Xbox first party, because we're talking like it Software, Arcane, uh, Bethesda, and stuff like. Do you do you usually think about them when you're thinking like first party Microsoft? Because technically they are at this point.
1: I have not. I no, I have to catch myself. Right, I now think Mm -hmm. of Obsidian. Um, Thanks to Hi-Fi, I think of Tango. But Ghostwire, obviously, just came out uh, last year and is coming to Xbox in March. Um, Like, like I, I, I have to catch myself. I don't think of them yet. Like ID Software, when Mm -hmm. when their next game hits exclusively, I will Mm -hmm. think of ID as an Xbox Studio. When Starfield hits, I will think of what's the one that's making it Bethesda Soft. Like what's the I know it's Bethesda, but like you know, Bethesda know can be an umbrella or a studio depending on your no, conversation. Be-
0: Bethesda Game Studios is is the one that's working, like for gotcha. sure, for sure.
1: So like when the Xbox exclusive hits, then they transfer in my mind. I think that's how it works because Tango never was exclusive until High Five. Now I'm like, yeah, Tango's really good. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's just <laughs> funny how that happens. But yeah. I I love Doom. I love Doom really classics. Good. I love Doom 3, the horror one. I love, yeah. uh, I really like Doom 64, even though it's, it's terrible. Um, I love Doom as a franchise. I love Doom 2016, 20, uh, Doom Eternal. I love that. I love him in Fortnite. When we get the ex- Xbox exclusive version, suddenly it will be an Xbox studio for me. But it's not right now. Interesting. Okay. But I'll tell you what, uh, it's a damn travesty that in halo infinite hello life service team why don't we have doom uh, doom slayer armor why doesn't that happen why don't we have uh gears armor in in halo make that happen yo you want money you want return you want engagement bring that shit cross pollination (sighs) cross pollination do it do it what is your Uh... deal
0: heard yeah. <laughs> I I'm okay so best studio out there uh I I recognize and and maybe I'm a little too close to the to the fire on this one cuz I'll will most likely get burned on this but I it's it's hard for me to recommend rare because I know all of the faults that rares uh that sea of Thieves has um but I I really do think that I would say Forza is probably the best studio next, see, it's tough because Coalition is continuing to put out fantastic games. The games are probably some of the highest quality games I've seen for a third-person shooter um, with a story. Story aside, people may not agree that it's the best story, but it is an a, amazing game. Um, I, I, I really do think that Obsidian is coming out swinging with their smaller teams, and they are working on games that I think a lot of people are really enjoying, which is why I think the diversity of their titles is what really draws a lot of attention to why they are one of the top studios. Um, but I mean, God, like looking at the Forza of stuff that we got at the, the uh, developer direct, like, true. I, I mean, I've, I really do feel like they are, they are, at, you know, uh, 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 kind of the, I mean, playground games is like, and they're going to be doing the next fable. I think they're probably at the top right now because they're just it's polished
1: it's it is nothing po-
0: but polished
1: nothing but po- i agree with you but i think until you break the mold of just racing you don't get into that conversation even if that's not a fair thing i don't okay. think that's a fair thing
0: i have to point out because gears is just doing gears halo is just doing halo mm-hmm. if those were if those were you know absolute killers in the marketplace would you have the same perspective or is it biased because it's I think, racing
1: i i think it's biasing with racing but i also think it's reality and i don't know that i'm <laughs> i'm not trying to, to lament them because god knows i love forza right yeah uh it's not me lamenting i'm thinking of mind share amongst the people maybe i'm out off base though like then again that's a listeners write in and tell me but like do people outside of my community what i'm seeing on my timelines do they think of of turn 10 or playground as the elite of the xbox or do they think of them as incredible racing studios you see what i'm saying like oh, i don't such know a,
0: such a dig it's such a subtext it is a, it's,
1: a, it's a douchey dig and i don't like it like i'm not i'm not advocating the position i'm saying that's what happens yeah like game you're, of the year
0: conversation Right. Oh, oh uh, don't you see what I'm get saying? don't get into the game of the year but discussions. You're, but you're not wrong, and I hate that. Yeah, but I, I hate it I'm, too. I'm, I'm I'm gonna put Playground as mine because I I love Obsidian. I had friends that work there. Um, I think Obsidian does fantastic job with the games. I, the community team does like a Wednesday stream for charity where they do stupid stuff to their faces all the time and they're, it's all on stream and they just play games and, and try and raise money for charities. Like Obsidian is a really good studio. But mm-hmm. as far as like the best studio for Xbox right now, as far as like games go, mm-hmm. Playground, man. They they do not, they, they everything they, they've been putting out for the last couple of years has just been, it's been polished and, and you can't deny it. Good points.
1: Can't argue any of that. Can't argue any of that. Oh, man, Logan, this was great. <sighs> Excellent episode, my friend. I'm wiped. <laughs> I'm wiped, too. But, like, what a great January we've had for, for news, for Xbox, yeah. for, for talking points, for XCP, both in you and I getting together uh, to, to kind of not relaunch, but, like, this is the next step of XCP. We've had a full month under our belts. We've got interviews coming up. Uh, the Xbox wrap up is going to launch this month now that we're in February. Uh, dude. Congrats to us. Uh, congrats to, to congrats you. To you. No, congrats no, you. to you. No, you. No, you. <laughs> oh, man. I could it's not all be your happy. Oh, you're right. I don't know whose idea it was. Um, but <laughs> I am so happy. And I would love for people to continue to to write in. Remember, you can email me at insipidghost at gmail.com. I do read your emails and I appreciate you. Um, you can find me on all the socials at insipidghost. You can check out the interviews on their own feed at youtube.com slash Xbox Expansion Pass. And of course, uh, you're listening to the show, so you found it somewhere. It's on all your podcast services. Um, it means the world that you guys share the show. It means the world when you let us know that you like the show, that you give us feedback. I got a lot of really good constructive feedback about, hey, try doing this with your Patreon. Hey, don't forget to include a link in your link tree. Like People have been helping me out over the last few weeks of making xcp better and it's been constructive and i thank you all for it um yeah supporting us there whether it's on patreon or just sharing it means the world so thank you guys uh logan let me know what you've got upcoming with keelhauled uh where we can find you on socials etc
0: oh man so okay so if you guys want to to hit me up because we talked about a lot but just a, a quick little reminder I definitely want to find out uh, if anyone wants to be jumping into some, some multiplayer action with like Ghostbusters, that'd be fun. I would love to see if anyone wants to jump into aliens, fire team, uh, or back for blood, you know, and, and any of those games, if you guys are curious I'd definitely love to hear about it. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, I'm over on Twitter at C A P T underscore L O G U uh, N. My bio has got links to Keelhaul. It's got links to other uh, Twitter accounts that I manage um, for that kind of content too uh keelhauled we're going to be talking about the announced community day um if you're fantasy thieves and you want the best flintlock pistol skin that's ever been released um february 11th is community day and they're going to be doing the the giveaway for the flintlock um pistol for that and it's the only it's one of the few pistols that actually has an iron sight which is amazingly important in sea of thieves because there's no reticle so it really does help you uh aim um, but we're going to be talking about Community Day. They're going to be bumping up all of the uh, multiplayers for all of the reputations, all of the gold, all of that stuff. So Keelhauled is going to be uh, coming out this week with news and information about where you need to go to get all of that stuff and how you can participate with the community because I love the community. It's it's fantastic. Um, so definitely keep an eye out for that. Just search for Keelhauled in any of your podcatchers or see CTE's podcast. You'll see mine.
1: Well, that's going to be it from us, guys. Look forward to some more interviews on the way. Take care.